What is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out a new episode of the Vavacola Core Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Huerta. Today, I am joined by my buddy via Zoom chat, Zoom meeting, whatever the fuck these things are called. Uh, Joey Smith, what's going on, man? What's up, bro? I'm pretty much you like over. that energy. I'm pretty much over this Zoom shit. I would have come over if it, <laughs> if it, if it got I, to that I love this shit, dude. I think I'm gonna like run this. Well, I'm using it because like I accidentally forgot to cancel the month and so they charge for the month so i was like fuck it i guess i'll st- I'll keep doing it but i love this shit dude i don't i don't know if i would go back i know people would prefer me going back um i prefer to do the podcast like live which mm-hmm. i'll probably get back into that stuff but like like this we're recording on zoom meeting but we both have our individual recorders i'm on a zoom six you're on a Tascam. uh i i fucking love that shit technology man yeah laziness and technology are like my homies. Yeah. So I'm I'm digging this shit for sure. But uh, cool man, how you doing? I'm I'm doing okay, man. It's um, you know, I feel like the the COVID stuff. Everyone decided it was over, and it's over. It's over. Yeah. So that we, universally, everyone's done with it. And that's uh, nice. Yeah. At least we agree on something. <laughs> we we can all agree that COVID's over. Let's let's. Let's loot. Let's burn down yeah. the place. COVID's over at fuck twelve, and that's that's where the whole world's at right now. Yeah, dude. Uh, plugs. Uh, let's get before we jump into it. Plugs. Social media. Anything you got going on? Uh, uh, no. What, what do you got? Uh, mainly just uh, follow me on Instagram under the Joey Smith nine thousand. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram under one bad comic. Um, I'm just, yeah, that's a bit that I'm doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it work. I just always plug one bad comic with everything and yeah, because because uh, fuck him. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, you're already making enemies before you get out of quarantine. You got to make enemies, huh? No, he made an enemy at Elbow Room. Man, he started it. <laughs> really? What happened? I did, I, did I not? I don't know. Uh, you want to talk about this? <laughs> I, I don't give a shit. He was hosting at Elbow Room one time, and I had to leave. And I was like, "Hey, man, like I've been I've been waiting here for like an hour. You've just kind of been jumping all over the list. Like, could you do me a solid? And and you know, could I hop on there, please? Like, I'd really appreciate it." And he oh, was yeah. like, "He was like, where are you at on the list?" And I was like, "I think I'm pretty close to last." And he goes, "Well, then you gotta go last." And I was like. What? Like, he had let the person before me and after me go up already oh, in the time man. that I was waiting. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So I just kind of, like, laughed in his face and left. And then <laughs> and then Tori said something on Facebook about Elbow Room because she knew that had happened. And then Irma was, like, messaging me and was like, what happened? I told her the whole story. She's like, well, you just, you just let me know next time. And it's like, yeah, okay, but- Oh, that shitty thing. I think that's why these home, these online Zoom open mics are going to take off because nobody likes to go out. Nobody likes to go out early to sign up. Nobody likes to wait. I mean, I haven't done it yet because I just I just haven't. But I I know that they're popping, man. I I know a lot of people are fucking doing that shit. Didn't you have an online show or Twitch show this past weekend? 
or this past week? We did we did an off the cuff practice, and it was um, oh okay. Like it's something that they're thinking about doing, like an online show and like inviting people to watch and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a lot of fun because uh, it was on a Google Meet, and those you can have up to a hundred people in the room, and. Oh, wow. um, it was just cool. There was like instant feedback and, and communication. And when someone wasn't doing well, you know, like we were heckling them and, and, uh, oh, so you could heckle, you could hear the people. Yeah, dude, it was just like a big hangout with like 14 people in it. And, you know, we were laughing and, and when someone was doing good, we were fucking cracking up. And when other people were doing bad, we were like, oh, he's Googling his jokes, you know, just like talking shit to him. But, oh, but yeah. it, it was fun, man. It was definitely that same feeling of, of, being in front of people and making yourself vulnerable as opposed to when you watch a lot of these open mics online where they, they'll tell a joke and then they'll just kind of stare at the camera like they're waiting for something to happen. Yeah, waiting for a response. Yeah. So the off the cuff, how that works for anybody who doesn't know, uh, does it work the same way as it did at the Tiger where they, they give you a topic and you have a meaning to riff on it and stuff? Yeah, we used like an app that had like a, like spinner wheels on it. So it was like spin to see who goes up next and then spin to see the topic as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. And then you have a minute to try to make something funny out of it. Uh, how, how'd you do? Like, were you rusty? Like, were you good to go? Were you funny did you burn, burn it down? <laughs> it was, I was pretty rusty. Like, I'm pretty rusty uh, as far as trying to make my views funny because it's just kind of been for the last three months of like the world's ending who cares you know what i mean like that's been my thought process and it it still kind of is to an extent but but it was um it was nice after the first topic the first topic it was no good for me and then uh the second one was like benefits of quarantine or something and i was like well shit this is easy and um you know, because I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I can just order food all the time without being a piece of shit. Like, no one's yeah. judging me. It's like I'm supporting local business. Get the fuck off my back. And yeah. uh, you know, not having to wear pants to work is great. And um, just stuff like that. And so that was fun to kind of just naturally riff on. And then the third one was like ghosts, and I just like talked about how Breckle looks like a ghost, and um, <laughs> and I like asked him a question, and then he went to answer me, and I was like, nobody talks to ghosts. Shut the fuck up. And so. <laughs> It was uh, it was just a good time, man. More than anything, it was great. Yeah, I, I do like that. Like for the first couple of weeks, I we I didn't talk to anybody. It was just me and my wife, and and then working from home and all that stuff. And then I started missing that stuff. I started missing like the Zoom chats and all that stuff. It really made a big difference. I I, I think we were in the first rounds of like we were just hanging out. We weren't recording or podcasting or anything. Mm-hmm. We were just hanging out, right? Yeah, Having a good time, catching up. And then after that happened, after like after we hung up, we all said our goodbyes and stuff. Like that whole like I miss my friends type of thing kind of yeah. set in and shit, uh, which was kind of shitty. But uh, I love these online stuff, man. I I, I love it. Uh, I don't like going anywhere, and I don't think I'm gonna do, be doing comedy. Like Texas, San Antonio's opening up. They're already doing shows. They got shows lined up this weekend. Uh, or starting like two weeks ago, right? Was the first time they had a show at LOL. Yeah, yeah, it's been. It's been like two or three. Ever since the seventeenth, it's kind of been like wheels off as far as rules. Yeah, like they they opened up with phase one. They're saying that they're a restaurant, so they could do that twenty five percent capacity mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And by the way, we serve food and we have comedy, so they yeah. kind of like went into that thing as as far as like uh, opening up as a comedy club. They're like, no, we're a restaurant that has <laughs> comedy. Uh, but yeah, man, like 
I'm glad it's coming back. I'm glad people are going out and doing this stuff. I don't think I'm going to do anything until until July. I just want to see what it's going to look like, what the crowds are like, and uh, are you are you eager to get back at, at it? I'm eager, but I'm trying to play it smart at the same time. Like you know what I mean? Like we're everything that's happening right now is still going to happen in two weeks. So you know, I think it's I think your your point of view is smart, and um, I think it's okay to be cautious. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm and I'm kind of in the same boat as you as far as being a little bit cautious. You know, my wife's a nurse, and she has a, a patient with a compromised immune system so yeah. I have to take that into account and you know I, I can't be that selfish and just kind of be like well the people at Jokesters need to hear about my dead <laughs> dad it's important <laughs> like it's just that's not the truth and it's uh, Jokesters is, is going to be there until uh, you know they stop paying their bills again so uh, yeah <laughs> yeah they had their first show this weekend and apparently it had to be outside Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of rough. I wasn't there. Like again, I don't, I don't go out. I haven't dined, di- done any dine-in or nothing like that. Not not ready to get outside and, and face. Yeah. It. And honestly, dude, like nothing fits me. Like all like my basketball shorts and that's it. Yeah. My 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 jeans don't button, and so yeah, I'm not presentable. I can't go on stage with, with basketball shorts. Yeah. Or maybe that'll be my thing. You know, the <laughs> basketball short comedian. Yeah. That's. So I have two pairs of basketball shorts. I have a pair that my wife bought me like when she was like, hey, you're, you've been wearing the same basketball shorts for like every day for like two months now. And so I have those which are starting to not fit, which is scary. And then yeah. I have the other ones which are, they're like Philadelphia Eagles basketball shorts. And I've had yeah. those since like my dad was in chemo and mm. we would wear like matching ones whenever he'd go do his chemo shit. So, like, they're mm-hmm. super important to me, and I wear them all the time. And, like, the elastic is, like, it put in its two-week notice, essentially. Cause it, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll put my phone in my pocket, and the shorts are just like, yo, we can't do this anymore. They start sliding, and I'm like, fuck, man. So, Yeah. I had the most depressing day the other day where my wife should just put out all my, my pants. And she goes, I need you to go through all this stuff, and what doesn't fit, we're going to donate, and, you know, all that stuff. Ugh. I cried, dude. I only out of like ten pants, pairs of pants. Like I only have two, that that button. Damn, and man. it's not. It's not. It's very painful. It's very painful to get those button too. So yeah. So Goodwill, like with a one, they got a lot of uh, my pants. They got some good pants. <laughs> they well, got some good pants. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat as you, man. But like the the thing with me and pants is like if if I were to ever go pants shopping with someone, like we're getting in an argument. 100%. And it's not anything yeah. that you say. It's just a, like, I'm so down on myself. You could be like, the yeah. sky's blue. And I'm like, why don't you keep your fucking opinion to yourself, all right? Because yeah. I'm not having a good day. And so that's uh, that's hard for me. So I definitely uh, empathize with you there. Yeah, I fucking hate it. It's pretty depressing. And I got to lose weight. But I haven't... I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm fucking gaining weight. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying not <laughs> having to present myself to anybody, you know? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start one of those TV shows, a 600 pound, or be a uh, contestant on one of those 600 pound life and stuff. I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I got to work on something else. Comedy didn't work out for me. I mean, I gave it two years. <laughs> I gave it a strong, uh, a half half a year. Yeah, you gave it uh, a strong, strong six months. Gave it a strong six months. You know, <laughs> things were taken off, and then COVID happened. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's try something else. So uh, now, now I'm gonna be one of those uh, weight gainers. You know. Losing weight is all a fad. It's all about gaining weight. That's I'm going to bring that back. Gaining weight 
and get a TV show. I mean, San Antonio does need uh, at least one comic who just doesn't stop talking about how fat he is. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it could be you, man. It could, and you know, I and I respect that because you're picking a lane and you're sticking to it. I have to do it for the art because I I did shows where I would do fat jokes and uh, people. It, it rarely happens where people would come up to me after a show and say anything. Uh, but the couple, past two times, the last two shows that I had, I had a lady come up to me and go, "You know, you're not that fat." <laughs> and uh, so I'm I'm proving her wrong. I was like, "You know what? If you think I'm not fat enough, I'll I'll show you fat enough." And so uh, I'm doing it for the art. You know, I'm doing it for the jokes. Yeah. Well, you're committing to the bit, and you're also telling her like, "What the fuck do you know about comedy?" And that's what I respect. Yeah. Is you're calling <laughs> yeah. her out for not knowing shit about shit. It, yeah, don't tell me what to do with my life. Don't tell me what to do with my jokes. Uh, shit, man. But ha- how have you been writing? Are you ready to get on stage? Do you have any new stuff you've been working on? Uh, I mean, and so we're all on that group chat. So just kind of the stuff mm-hmm. that I've been messaging you. And, and more than anything, I think that two things have happened in this. One being that I don't care anymore, which is great. And two... Where'd you get that from? Like, what made you decide to stop caring? Because, like, look at how quickly this got taken away, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. one minute we're afraid to go do an LOL showcase because someone, yeah. the wrong person might see us do, or, like, the right person might see us do the wrong joke. And yeah. we're worried about that. And, you know, in all reality, we're doing it in a bright-ass room with 20 people in it. Maybe, maybe. 20 mm-hmm. people, we're lucky. And, like, and we're worried about some stupid shit. But, you know, then the next day it's like, hey, there's a fucking pandemic and the club will not be open for a while. And it's just like, oh, I wish I would have taken that chance. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So that's that's kind of been a big thing. for. And I texted Jay uh, not too long, long ago and I was like, man, now that the crowds are going to be so small for such a long time, you know, I think taking chances is going to be really relieving. And he, he texted me back and was like, dude, the crowds have always been small. And I was like, yeah. ah, that hurt, but true yeah so uh how do you think things are going to be at the tiger tiger the tiger is going to be a hard place to get people to come into because um, it's it's underground it's it's a it's a cellar or a basement whatever yeah and well i think there's two i think there's two sides to that and i think that getting people in there is going to be kind of the issue on the back end and maybe for the the end of the year kind of stuff that's what we're going to be struggling with mm-hmm. and I think in the beginning, it's, it's you know we're inside of a restaurant that has its own laws and its own rules and regulations yeah. that it has to follow and adapt to, and it's still not even open. So mm. you know it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like fuck, man. Like I'm not worried about getting people in there. I'm worried about getting the green light to actually go in there. So true. Yeah, uh, I saw this thing for uh, the Rock Box. The Rock Box is a, a concert venue whatever mm-hmm. and they're trying to open up they have a show going on uh this week or next week uh but they have all these guidelines now if you've ever been to a rock show it is impossible to to follow those guidelines no groups bigger than six people you got to wear your mask you know to get inside wear your mask when you're walking around the club you can only have your mask off when you're at your table which at a rock venue there's like four tables yeah I was gonna say, like four tables for like 200 people yeah so how are you gonna like tell people okay this is where you stand this unless they have like circles like little circles like cattle circles 
like uh, on the floor, like this is where you stand. No, no, six <laughs> feet apart. This is where you stand, six feet apart. No moshing. And this is this is a rock club. These are rock shows that is going. On. And I'm just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like just just cancel. It's it's gonna be a horrible thing, or it's gonna be total chaos. Like fuck the rules. Yeah, which it's is just, super just, rock and roll. If they were to be like fuck true. the rules. True. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. Like stuff like that just makes me nervous. Like I, I don't I don't understand the point of opening up if it's just like that. There's restaurants, yes, because you can, you know, be separate from your party and all that stuff. Uh, but a concert, like, how are you going to keep people away? How are you going to keep people? Like people are going to be walking all around, going to the bar. It, it's ridiculous. It, like it's going to be like a clusterfuck of just people sweating on each other. Well, and, I don't know, man. and you have to remember that with like shows like that, it's there's not seating, and everybody wants the best seat in the house. Like they want to be yeah. right there in front of the crowd, and and so how are you gonna how are you gonna be like, hey, don't enjoy this, don't get as close as you want? Yeah, because for me, that's what makes shows half the time. It's like I'm gonna fucking push my way to the front, yeah, and then someone's gonna push their way in front of me, and like it's gonna be a cycle, and it's fun. Yeah, that's it, it. Is fun. That's the fun part of it. Getting people, other people's blood, sweat, and tears on you, and getting your blood, sweat, and tears on other people. Like that was the fun part of fucking getting the concerts. Never did I ever think, oh no, this is ger- ger- germs. You know, like, <laughs> that was ne- that was never a concern at a rock show. And now it's gonna be like with mask and like, oh no, you're too close to me. I can't enjoy the music. Yeah. Well, now every uh, every rock concert is gonna be like a like a basketball game with Magic Johnson in it. Like it's just gonna be. <laughs> It's gonna be scary. <laughs> so that's kind of what are you drinking? White Claw, watermelon White Claw. Mm. I'm on a diet. That's a good. I'm on the I'm on the black cherry Bud Light. See, but those have gluten in them. Oh, I don't. I, I yeah, I can't. I can't fuck with gluten. I get the sneezes when I drink gluten. Uh, which is such a fucking pussy thing, dude. Wow, I didn't even know that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some beers like I, I really like. I, like I'm not like a, a beer snob or anything. I'll drink anything. Uh, like if I go to like a craft bar, mm-hmm. like I'll just go for the highest alcohol content. Like, yeah, oh, just give me that, and then they'll give you like a little baby cup. I was like, I was I came here to be a man, and yeah. I got a sippy cup. Uh, and it turns yeah, out like, to just be like black coffee that tastes like whiskey, and you're like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like they limit it; you could only have two. It was like, "Well, fuck this! I pay fourteen dollars for this <laughs> shit." Uh, uh, but yeah, like Miller Lite. Sometimes, like it, it, my gluten allergy uh, fluctuates. Like sometimes it's intense, sometimes it's not. And I, I'll have two beers, and then I'll just have sneeze attacks. I was like, "Oh, this is fucking gluten." So sneezing uh, is the only thing that gluten does to you. To me, yeah, yeah, and I don't even know if that's the gluten. I'm just making the joke of it because, like that, because I've tried those those uh, Bud Light seltzer ones, very tasty, but uh, gluten. Man, well, yeah. see, the reason I got them is because at Sam's Club they have a, a 24 pack for like, I think it's 20 bucks. Oh, nice! And the 12 pack is 15. So I was like, oh yeah, let me get on that. Yeah. So. Uh, but no, nah, I've been fucking with. Uh, with the seltzers and uh, and liquor, uh, and then I try to take it easy. I was like, no more, no more liquor, uh, <laughs> you know. And then I'll just drink beer, and then I get the sneezies. And then you're like, all right, maybe I'll do like one liquor. Yeah. yeah. 
That's what? another thing too. Like that's what I need comedy to come back, or just need a distraction to come back because I've been drinking a lot, like every day, a lot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's pretty bad because I wasn't drinking when I had stuff. Because alcohol, I don't know if this is for everybody, but alcohol makes me lazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what else is there to do but to drink and be lazy? You know? Yeah. Well, when so I take I a really deep breath, I get super lazy. So I'm just kind of, <laughs> I'm just kind of always a lazy piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I can't breathe. It makes me lazy. That's funny. Uh, shit, man. So now that Texas, Texas is the only place, I think Florida's having shows or Arizona is having shows, but Texas is going to be hit pretty hard with a lot, a lot of uh, touring comics coming in and shit. Yeah, well, don't say it like it's a bad thing. But <laughs> well, I don't know if it's well. They're not coming here per se. Like, man, I would love to go. I think uh, Mark Norman's going to Addison, and I would love to see that guy. But I don't want to drive five hours. When is it? Uh, this week or next weekend? Oh fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, go. it's cool, man. I mean, I'm glad it's opening it up and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I haven't tried comedy outside of San Antonio yet. Yeah. So I would, like, I would like to do that maybe this year. Well, that's that was the plan for this year, and then, you know, COVID. Uh, well, you've done some of the like the valley towns, haven't you? Yeah, I did McAllen, um, but I wanted to, and then I did Laredo, but like the like Houston or Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to do Abilene and then San Angelo, canceled. Uh, so that sucks. I was supposed to go to Fort Worth, but that, I said no because my job wouldn't give me the time off. Well, so I was making it. I was getting out there, but dude, I'm I'm down to go hit some some other towns. Uh, the only thing that sucks about like going with a group of people is you're like helping with like travel, but you're also hurting yourself because if there's like a group of four new guys there. And nobody knows yeah. who the fuck you are. It's just like, okay, these are some assholes from the office. And they're, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they all jerk each other off at the water cooler all day. And they're like, you gotta do stand-up. And they just like, it just like revolves around the four of them all day. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like in, in Fort Worth, when you go to the open mic, they make the list. Like, you sign up. And they're like, that's nice. And then they put you somewhere. So, like. They four assholes. rearrange the order. Yeah, there's no order when you sign up. You just sign up saying like, "I would like to go up," and then they're like, "Oh, oh cool," okay. and they fucking put you somewhere. So if they don't know who you are, well, all four of you are going at two a.m. So oh shit, yeah, that's crazy, man. So we we have a buddy that's gonna check out our new scene. I don't know if he wants us to put it on blast, so we'll just say a buddy. Uh, so that's that's cool, man. He's pretty excited about it, you know. And I'm kind of I'm a little jealous. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that he does well. I'm hoping all the best, and maybe we'll go check him out once he gets his feet established and, and whatnot. But uh, have you ever thought about like checking out a different scene besides San Antonio? So I've I've done an open mic in uh, in DFW, and that was a ton of oh, fun. Yeah? And I and I have a bunch of friends out there, mainly Tony and Sal, um, and those are those are great dudes, and they come down here and. And it's mm-hmm. nice to go up there and see them because it's like, you know, they come down here, they come to the Tiger, they show us love, mm-hmm. they're pr- pushing us on social media because they have family down here and stuff. And okay. and then, you know, to go up there and kind of see them and their element and even, it's, it's just so cool to be involved in another scene, even when it's little things like, oh, this is where we park for the open mic. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's just cool to like know the inside stuff and... and 
I love that. I love the Dallas comedy scene, man. They have so many clubs there, and you know, there's two different major clubs there with different mm-hmm. owners, and each one of those has like three different ones. So, um, you know, you're talking about six major clubs there, and then they, yeah. there's a ton of restaurants and bars that that do open mics and shit. So, Dallas is a ton of fun. I would love to check out Houston sometime. Uh, yeah, man. Houston has that, the secret group, yeah. uh, which was one of the first clubs that started opening it up. Uh, I hear a lot of good things about them. A lot of people talk about the secret group. Like, you, you listen to other people podcasts from, like, New York or L.A., and they're always showing love uh, for the, the Houston secret group. Yeah, well, and uh, that's also because it's, it's run by comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's important, and they run it right. And so that's... Yeah. Yeah, I would love to go there. And then, I, I, you know, we live down the street from Austin, so I, I think that we need to go check that out sometime. And and if nothing else, become the Luke Maldens of Austin and just, you know, get <laughs> get banned. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I, 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 like, the whole thing with the, with the world shutting down and all that stuff has, has changed my perspective because, like, not only am I lazy in life, I'm, I was lazy in comedy. Like, I didn't want to drive out to a show or drive out to a mic and all that stuff and i'm realizing like you're really not taking advantage of things that that are are there to take advantage of yeah you know like austin is not that far away it is not that far away and there's there was times where i was driving to austin for for concerts and i just got tired of that man the last time i went to a concert uh in austin i almost got in a fight um and i was like and it was at survivor you ever heard like a was survivor the guys that did the 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 soundtrack for Stranger Things, Survive, I think, and uh, which is a real chill, not aggressive <laughs> music, and this dude wanted to fight me, you know. For what? He, he was st- like, I don't like your bald head. No, nah, <laughs> he kept he, he was dancing crazy, like he was on something. He was dancing crazy, and he kept bumping into me and my wife. Yeah, and because we were pretty pretty close. And uh, the first couple of times, I was like, dude, okay, watch, watch what you're doing, all that stuff. And then he, he was aggressively doing it on purpose. And so finally, I, I grabbed him and I fucking like started shaking him like, <laughs> like on his back, like a baby. And I was like, dude, yeah, like I was like, dude, I told you, fucking knock it off. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he fucking walks away. And then, but everybody's just like saw, saw me do it, and I guess they didn't see the buildup of it. And I, I was, I'm a big guy. I've always been a big guy. I'm a big guy in, in like the Austin uh, student you know kids scene or whatever so i stand up like just like an aggressive asshole so nobody saw what led up to that they just sh- saw me do that and everybody just kind of like the circle around me just like widened yeah and i was like awkward dude um well and, and i could you know the unfortunate thing about that is i've been in like not necessarily that exact situation but i've been around that a lot and yeah. and it's unfortunate that in certain music scenes like they'll assume your aggression just based off of like the color of your skin and your size. Yeah. So like, I, yeah. and I've seen that firsthand. Where it's like, oh, this huge Mexican dude's beating up this little white kid. And it's like, yeah, but like that little white kid was hardcore dancing and kicked his pregnant wife. Like you didn't see that part. Yeah, they didn't see that part. They just saw saw me react and stuff. And then it was like, oh no, person of color. Uh, so yeah, I I didn't like the way that was. Um, and then just the, the drive back, you can't really party too hard you can't drink too much because you gotta drive back and all that stuff but like there's there's things that like i just wouldn't do because i was like oh no it's just i don't have time for it i'm too lazy but now that the whole thing shut down like i don't i don't want to 
make excuses anymore to not do things you know yeah i want to start going to more shows start getting more involved with the comedy scene i want to start playing drums again start playing music again like i just want to do all this stuff after three months of being just locked indoors yeah you know the only problem is i am not ready to go out into the world <laughs> like i like like i, I built it up the three months have made me agoraphobe so i'm just afraid of people afraid to like to go out in public mm -hmm. but as soon as i get over that i'm gonna be all over the place you know yeah but or first so you say yeah, so I say. You yeah. know. <laughs> like, I'm so, like, amped up to do all these things. I just need to be okay to do outdoor things. Yeah. And I think that so, once uh, other people are doing it more often, like, and you see it, like, you'll you'll get FOMO really hard. And you'll, yeah. you'll be like, fuck, man, I'm going to go do this. And, like, I, it's easy to ignore everyone else's patterns at first and then you're just yeah. like well fuck why am i not there you know and a lot of people you got to remember it's like 19 days before symptoms start to show themselves yeah and they just opened up like what 15 17 days ago somewhere around there so mm -hmm. i mean you know it's not even it's not even been 19 days from from opening so this could all fall back apart instantly. So yeah, I know that's so scary. That's and people were just talking about like, oh, well, the next wave is going to be that so much more intense. I was like, what's the, what's the next wave? Like, is this coming back? Do we know? Are we just guessing? Like, everybody's just so afraid of the world, and I'm just like, I don't want to. I know people that don't give a fuck about this. Yeah, and I am so jealous of that. Of that, like, I don't want to like call anybody out. Like, we if we go out in a group. Uh, we'll still like social distance or try our best to social distance and there are people that just don't give a fuck yeah. and so we, we were hanging out with some people and I, I don't know where after an hour of hanging out with them they're like oh yeah well my daughter uh, was co-worker just tested positive for COVID-19 fucking idiot and I was like what are you doing here like what, you should all just be at home until she gets her test results back thankfully she uh tested negative or she like it was negative for that covid test because mm. she took it uh because she was around somebody a co-worker that did it but they just didn't give a fuck they didn't give a fuck and i was like i want that so bad you know because I, I i i don't i hold my breath like if you go to heb to the store i'll hold my breath in the aisles like i don't want don't breathe on me don't breathe out don't breathe in you know like because mm -hmm. i'm just so afraid of people and I'm so jealous of the people who aren't, you know. Yeah, I can like you see, see that. people online, like people hanging out, like online. You'll see stuff, uh, and I'm just like, that's so dangerous. I want to have that <laughs> like option, you know. Like I wish I wasn't such a fucking pussy, but it's funny how um, people standing close together is like your version of a cool guy walking away from an explosion. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're just yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. so badass. And it's just like they're just, <laughs> they're just standing there and they're like, "What? Did you see how cool that high five was?" <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! But like, yeah. I mean, I wish I had that, and and I've always been a person that worries a lot, you know, which sucks. And like, I just wish I was more punk rock when it when it comes to this. Like, they can't tell me what to do. Like, oh, I'm gonna go hang out. I'm gonna go hit give hugs. I'm gonna go. Do whatever, you know, not give a shit. And I'm just like, don't sneeze at me. <laughs> Were you raised to be afraid of things? Um, yeah, I guess. 
I was I uh, my biggest thing when I was a kid was just to be un- go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. You know, if if anybody noticed me, I was in trouble. You know, so yeah, I tried to like I was afraid of just getting noticed, afraid of getting in trouble and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the older I get, the more paranoid I get. I've been I become more paranoid since I got married. Because it's not just me anymore. Like now, I gotta worry about my wife, mm-hmm. and it it's it sucks, dude. Like <laughs> I could be I could be careless, like do shit that you're not supposed to do, because it's just me. You know, if any consequences, it's just on me. But now, like I'm just so worried. My wife, she's gone back to work, and I'm a wreck. The whole time she's gone, I'm a I'm a fucking wreck. Yeah. Uh, because I'm I'm so worried now, and it. it it's tough, dude. I I want I want to be hypnotized, like how that guy from Office Space was. Yeah, where he just didn't care about anything. Like I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for that. And deeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get that, I know, man. man. Well, I mean, the good thing is, is you you need to just get over it because your wife is out in the world and she yeah. is, could bring it in at any time. So yeah. you just need to accept that and come to terms with that. And she's doing what she has to do and. And if she brings it home, then it kind of is what it is. But, but yeah. so you just gotta be like, hey man, like you, and you know that kind of gives you an excuse to be like, hey, you can't be mad at me for going and doing mics because like you're out making a living, you know. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I gotta go tell people about eating ass, you know. It's important. <laughs> yeah. So I was nah. I was raised to be afraid of things though, like that. I like my mom was like, be afraid of everything, like. A hundred percent. Oh of the time. yeah. Uh, like so, that just runs in your family. Is like your whole family just afraid of everything, or they just put that on you? That put that pressure on you? Yeah, I think it was just because my mom was like, "You're my youngest, like you know, like just this fucking golden child, like nothing can ever happen to you," kind of thing. Like, oh, wow. like once I was a freshman in high school and I was hanging out with seniors, and like I felt pretty cool because I had senior friends. You know what I mean? Like no, none uh-huh. of my other friends had senior friends and. And so I was hanging out with these dudes, and they were like, yo, we're going to go fucking camp in the woods. It's, it's this little area in shirts called the pits. And um, so we were going to go camp in the pits. And so I had to talk my mom into letting me do that over the course of, like, two weeks. And then finally, mm-hmm. when she was like, okay, fine. But, like, she had all these rules. Like, I had to have a tent. Like, you know how fucking embarrassing that is that, like, I went camping with four dudes, yet I was the only one that had, like, a one-person tent. Yeah. And they were just like, dude, why are you being like this? Like, what is wrong with you? So, like, I didn't even end up setting it up, but, like, it was just one of those things, like, she made me have it. And then as we were leaving, it was, like, the the four seniors in, in my living room and, and my mom, and she was like, hey, hey, I love you. Uh, chew your food. <laughs> chew your food. And, like, that was, like, and my friends just looked at me, and they are like, your mom just fucking tell you to chew your food, dude? And I was like, dude, I don't know, man. She's retarded. Like, you know, I don't Have like... you ever choked on food before? No. Like, where, where did that come from? No, and her defense, and her def- and thank God my sister was there, because my sister never let her live that down. She's like, mom, shut the fuck up. You told him to chew his, you told a fucking 15-year-old how to chew his food. Like, shut up. And, and her defense was, uh... Well, you know, like, because we, we were going to, like, make a campfire and eat, like, hot dogs and, like, campfire food and shit. And she was like, yeah. well, you know, like, hot dogs can just get, like, lodged in your throat. And I was like, Mom, nobody's deep-throating a fucking Nathan's <laughs> hot dog. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
Oh man, that's adorable, man. Yeah, that's adorable. But she was like, also <laughs> kind of right because one of the guys that I went with ended up tripping out on like K two out in those same woods, and he uh-huh. stabbed a person out there. What the fuck? Yeah, he was like tripping balls, and I guess someone was like, "Hey, man, are you okay?" And he was just like, "Ah!" and just stabbed him in the stomach, and so he did like four years in prison, and. uh yeah, he, he, that dude died. No, no, he didn't die, but he had to like the guy who stabbed him. My my buddy from high school had to go to prison for four years for assault. Yeah, or like attempted murder or something like that. But that's he was like, dude, I was fucking side. high on a drug that's now illegal because it yeah. melts your brain. So yeah, yeah, that's so fucking funny. Chew your food. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh. So are, are what are you writing stuff like that? Like you've been working, you've been talking about like a lot of your family stuff and going back, uh, remembering stories that happened in your past. Like, are you making bits out of this stuff? Like realizing, oh shit, this is fucking ridiculously funny. Yeah, well, so it's like a mixture of like trying to make a bit out of it, but also just kind of like having, and like I said, like going back to the, like I don't care stuff. Yeah. Part of that is kind of also the feeling of like, okay, it doesn't need to be like joke right now because I'm at an open mic and this is for me. And so Mm -hmm. like I can go up there and just tell this story and take advantage of technology and record it and be like, okay, these two lines got to laugh. This is what it's about. And and like, you know, I can take a week and just tell this five minute story three or four times and be like, okay, I like these couple things out of it and then kind of go from there and and that's kind of been my mindset on building bits now, and and um, and yeah, so writing stuff like that's kind of just been like, oh yeah, this one time this happened, and then trying to just like kind of fit it into a, a not crazy long story that's going to lose people, and you know, kind of just like how I, I kind of just chopped that story up to to what it was, and yeah, and and that. So like, I feel comfortable doing shit like that on stage, and it's just like, okay, well, it's too long, so what do I need to edit out and. So that's kind of yeah. what I meant when I said, like, I didn't care as far as, like, I'm just going to do whatever I think could work, possibly. No, I think, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, uh, we, we maybe we don't all admit it, but we're all kind of concerned about, I mean, we could always say, like, oh, I don't give a fuck what nobody thinks. But I think now that needs to be true because it, it just doesn't really matter what a lot of people think. Uh, yeah. Like, you're just trying to, like, make make a set. You're trying to build a set all that stuff. The thing, the thing I like about like, or that you have for your advantage is that you, you're young in this, so you could still like learn. You could still take more risk. You know, I feel like, and I don't know if, if anybody else feels this way, but like for for me, we started at the same time, but I'm like ten years older than you, something like that. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of feel like I have. There's a sense of urgency. Like I have to be more on top of my game as opposed to somebody who's younger than me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I can't take as much risk. Like I have to be on my P's and Q's as opposed to somebody who's like, Oh man, like I'm just, I'm, you know, beat bopping and scatting and just learning yeah. all this shit. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I really like that. I, I, I wish I had that mentality as well. Uh, to like, not give a fuck, not be so concerned of other comics, other open mics judgments. Yeah. You know, other open micers judgments. Uh, well, you also got to remember that, like, if you don't take those chances, like, you never know. Like, yeah, you can yeah. work your ass off and write all you want, but, like, you said it yourself earlier, like, you're lazy. And yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I'm lazy. So, like, the only way that I will know how to motivate myself is to just 
not care as much and to truly do what I want to do. Like, I'm not lazy when it comes to playing PlayStation because I like <laughs> doing that. And so, like, if I go on to do open mics and create online content that I, you know, like, cannot have, I don't have a single good idea when it comes to creating online content. But, like, yeah. you know, if it were something that I like to do, like, I wouldn't be lazy at it. And, and, you know, when it comes to just not giving a shit, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I like that. I like not caring. And, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, Regis is going to say something mean to me? Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, other people's, like, uh, what they think of you is like really not as important as we think it is you know uh but yeah that's definitely the thing i want to take more chances when 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 open mics start opening up or when i start going back to open mics and not just just fucking working on building my set and not be too concerned like or are the comics laughing Mm -hmm. you know i always i always focus on the comics more than i did on the audience and i think that's that's a disservice to the audience yeah you know because if they're having a good time but i'm more concerned about well are the comics laughing at what I'm saying? You know, and that was just a fucked up mentality. Yeah. But because I, I always felt like I needed to prove something to them. Yeah. To the to the other open micers in the room, and fuck that, man. Like if the audience is having a good time, I need to roll with them. Yeah. Because it's it's they're gonna help me build my set. A, a, a other comedian, other open micer is not gonna help me as much as that audience is gonna help me. Yeah, exactly. And they're and those other comics, they don't they might not know what you're going for, you know what I mean? Or they might not be yeah. able to get in your head. I, I will say the only comic that, like, when I was at open mics, like, I would listen for their laughs and just be like, okay, if they laughed, it meant something, yeah. was, um, like, Breckle. Because okay, yeah, I, yeah. could, I could literally go to Breckle and be like, what did you think about X, Y, and Z? And he would have, like, an honest opinion, and he's not going to be like, oh, that was great. He'd be like, yeah, that wasn't it. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, so... So I did listen for Breckle, and there were times where I was like, yo, fuck this crowd, and I, and I didn't even pay attention to them. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, once again, that was also when I was, like, in my head, and I was like, this is my five-minute set that I'm doing tonight, as opposed to just, like, when you watch George Anthony, man, like, it's, you know, George, you can, George is so amazing, because you can, like, almost, you don't know if he's thinking of it on the spot, or if he's yeah. thinking really really hard about every single like letter that comes out of his mouth or yeah. he's just like rolling with it and you have no fucking idea what's going on yeah you can't tell you cannot tell which yeah. is the beauty of it like that's that's what we all need to be working for is like that whole like is this natural is this flowing does it look like um like this is an act up here yeah you know like he just, he just goes up and delivers like kind of like oh what do I want to talk but he knows what he's doing yeah you know but he goes up there like he doesn't like it's all just on the spot stuff it's, it's a beautiful thing just like the way he does it like the comfort level of these people that have been doing it for eight and ten years is as like so jealous of that you know but that just doesn't happen they've been doing it for years and years and years uh, so I, I gotta I was gonna understand like why like that when I'm trying like why am I just like why why don't I deliver like that well because I'm two years, two years into this shit, you know. Did I ever tell you about the time that George uh, featured for um, Andrew Murphy at Jokesters? Uh-uh. Dude. Oh, so, that's the one that you hosted, right? Yeah, yeah, so I hosted it. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so I did tell you about that? No, but go ahead. Okay, so so George featured for, for, um, for Murphy, and... Mm-hmm. It was a painful crowd, dude. Like, it was, like, literally six people, including Potter and my wife. So, oh, like, man. so four non-people that don't, like, four people that don't know my shit, 
And um, so I get up there and I like, and the guy that worked at Jokesters, I was like, hey, like, is the mic on? And he was like, everything's ready to go for you. And he was kind of sounded annoyed that I like even asked him. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so like, it's already off to a bad fucking start. And then I go up there and I can hear that the mic's not on. Like, you know when you can hear like your vocal cords louder than yeah. you can hear the fucking amps? And yeah. you just know right away, you're like, this shit's not working. So I kind of just look at him and I like kind of do like a hand gesture, like, Yo, what the fuck's going on? And he's just like, you're good, it's all working. And I'm like, okay, dude. So I go up there and I do like the most painful 10 minutes of my life. And I even made a joke about like, have you ever signed up to do something for 10 minutes and like three minutes in, you just wish you were dead? And like, <laughs> and, and like that got the biggest laugh out of my fucking set. And then George went up there and he knew the mic wasn't working. And, yeah. he, and he just like literally played with the mic for 24 minutes uh -huh. of just like twisting the mic around like like doing this and like looking at it and like kind of flipping it up and down and playing with the buttons and like taking the batteries out and as yeah. he's doing that he's telling this like really elaborate story about his like family's pet and like it's 24 minutes of this like of just pure fucking not giving a shit and he was straight up like you guys don't need this mic and was just like yeah. fucking around with it, and then um, he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go." You know, I, I think he—I don't know if he told me he was going a little bit over, or if he just ran the light, or he didn't even realize he did it. But mm -hmm. afterwards, uh, Andrew Murphy was like, "Hey, man, uh, this uh, this kind of sucks." So uh, I'm gonna do less time because he did more time, and I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's cool. Whatever, I don't care." And so he, Murphy was supposed to do 45 minutes. He ended up doing like 25 and I don't blame him because it was painful. So, yeah. and, and like he even asked, he's like, dude, is the mic on? And I was like, no, it's not on. It's like, and he was yeah. just like, can you get it put on for me? And I was like, yeah, of course, dude. So I had to go like tell the guy, I was like, hey, remember when I asked you if the mic was on? <laughs> and you said, yeah, and it's not. Can you do the, the opposite of what you did last time and, and turn it on? And he was like, oh, and fucking... So he got it turned on, but yeah, man, it was uh, just George. That's brutal, dude. Yeah. That seems so fucking rough. Yeah, man, it was painful. But, but you know, George just being in the moment and telling these six people that story that, you know, and, and he didn't, he was entertaining himself with the mic. The playing with the mic wasn't for anyone else. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like a bit or anything. It was like, yeah. I'm going to fuck with this cordless mic for a minute and see what happens while I tell you guys about this dog. And like, yeah. it was great. I loved it, man. Yeah. So George Anthony, he just he just released an album. Uh, did pretty good, I think. I think I think he had pretty good numbers uh, from like when he released it and stuff. But so his his album was only half an hour. Yeah. You know, uh, and it was solid. It was funny. You know, uh, why why don't you think or do you think people should release more albums like that? Like, because everybody's like, they want that hour. An album, comedy album is usually an hour, which never really made sense to me, especially now. Like, society, they they don't tune in for an hour, man. Even yeah. if you binge watch something, like, you're not really in there 100% that full hour of that show, you know? Yeah. Like, do you think that would be, like, a good thing to do, like, to, to do, focus on, like, releasing a 15-minute EP of comedy or a 30-minute album? of comedy you know do you think that should be like a kind of a game plan or something to to like switch it up 
I think I I do really like the thirty minutes. I think that's the perfect amount of time in my perfect. opinion. Because like you gotta remember the, the the most watched videos online are around a minute. Yeah. So like that already shows you how small the attention span of, of the, the human race has gotten with having like, you know, instant gratification also oh I don't know something, let me Google it real quick. Like yeah. it's just instant, boom, right there all the time. So to have someone's attention for an hour without being there with that person and 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 feeling their vibes and emotions, it's hard to to keep that attention. But uh-huh. but you know, so I think on audio platforms, I think thirty minutes is a fucking fantastic idea. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot more thirty minute audios. I, I think mm-hmm. when it comes to a full video uh, premiere, I think we'll see a, like Netflix specials. I think it's going to stay an hour. But I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if there's a lot more 45-minute ones as well. And mm-hmm. and I do like the 15-minute thing. I, the only thing I don't like about the 15-minute thing is it worries me that people are just going to put out 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you still got to respect the fact that it has to be solid. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying we should put one out today, either of us, but like... Like, George has been in the game for a long time. He's been working on releasing an album for a long time. I think he scrapped a couple of ideas and stuff. And I don't want to just use him as an example. But, like, for his his 30 minutes, like, because when you, when you download it off his website, it's just giving you in one file. It wasn't until uh, iTunes or Spotify where it broke down all the bits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you first listen to that whole file... I didn't realize it was 30 minutes till it was already over. I was like, fuck, man, I, I want more. I want more. And I think that's a great selling point to get people to start going to shows and stuff. You're not giving them the whole show. When they come see you live, they're, they're going to get an hour. Mm-hmm. But that 30 minutes was a great teaser if anybody hasn't seen. Like, it's a, it's a great way to, to promote, like, a comedy show. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, you're going to buy an hour. You're going to get an hour of entertainment. But here's 30 minutes of what I have. I think it was a perfect time and stuff. Uh, even Netflix, Mark Norman released one, one of my favorites. I couldn't keep, uh, I couldn't keep, he could, he could not keep my attention for an hour. And that's just today's society. Everything's so, like on your, you're on your phone, you have so much information, Facebook, Instagram, bubble pop, you know, all these different things to do with your time that why would you just focus on one thing, you yeah. know? great he's solid but still an hour is a long time to just sit and stare at something i did love mark norman's special because there were there were times when i i was like laughing hysterically and yet baffled at how great of a point he was making yeah you know what i mean i was like fuck like i i did i couldn't pull that from that situation Mm-hmm. And so that's that's always like I yeah with the Mark Norman and I respect the shit out of him just because he's one of those comics that you can watch in a four minute set absolutely destroy or in mm-hmm. a in an hour like you know where he could really talk out his ideas and bring up those points of like fuck I never thought of it like that so yeah. I I do see what you're saying though I mean it's it is so fucking hard to keep people's attention now and. You know, even for me to pay attention, I can't remember the last time I listened to a full album all the way through, like as far as music and stuff like that. See, and that's the thing I was thinking about today because uh, Run the Jewels released their album, thirty nine minutes. That's all it is, thirty nine minutes. Not bad. Still, when you see them live, they'll give you an hour and a half of a show, but an album, thirty nine minutes. You know, bangers. You know, the, the whole thing is from front to back. It was like bangers, and then 
39 minute mark you wanted more you wanted another track is there a bonus track is there a hidden track is there like a european release type of thing where they add more like that's that's the way an album is supposed to feel like you're supposed to be excited like oh I, I, that's i need more i need more rather than like oh i fucking made it through that whole hour <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> like it's supposed to leave you wanting more and all that stuff so i think like short shorter comedy albums shorter shorter sets like that even netflix has like 15 minutes i think tim dylan has a 15 minute yeah stuff which is which is perfect it's a perfect introduction to who that person is who that comic is and at the same time you could you could you could dedicate 15 minutes to watch their whole thing to take in everything that they did for that 15 minutes 30 minutes an hour it's just too much now man i mean live that of course you got to do like an hour 50 45 minutes to an hour you know but just like audio form I think I think you're putting too much on the audience to like, in like in, digest everything that you're giving to them. Yeah, no, like you're, that's a that's a great point, man. I think it's true because uh, I yeah I, I don't care enough to listen to things a lot of the time, but video makes it a little bit easier. Is that is that true for you? Does video make it any easier for you? Uh yeah yeah like for for comedy and stuff yeah it does, but. I do a lot of I, I multitask you know I, I yeah. listen to all, like, a lot of these albums like while I'm working a lot of podcasts while I'm working on all that stuff so even even when I'm doing that I'm not giving 100% but like it, it's it's just easier if you break it down little by little and all that stuff and that's what album, albums are all promotional use from now on like nobody's buying them uh, you're not going to make money off of releasing an album it's all for promotion to like, so, like say like this is the kind of shit you're going to get when I come to your town yeah you know, and I think that's how it should. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm all new to all this stuff. I mean, of course, everybody wants that the whole dream of an hour special, you know, on Showtime, Netflix, you know, whatever. Yeah. But but like as far as promotional use, I think short albums, short EPs uh, are, are going to be very necessary. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of hours feel forced, too, though. Yeah, a lot of filler. There's a lot of filler in that stuff. Yeah, and like if you had an hour act and you only put out a 30-minute album, like you really have the potential to just release the best stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, And I know that, that Tom Segura, when he filmed his special, he cut his opener. Uh, mm. And I don't remember what it was, but like... When, so in the beginning when he walks out and he's got like the like the horns up and everything mm-hmm. the show was already over at that point when when he came back out like that so oh, yeah. so he did his whole set and then he walked out and then he walked back in throwing up the horns and shit like that and then he made an announcement about um about his t-shirt the Su Wu t-shirt and was like hey like you know this is going to come out this time like thank you guys for coming blah 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 and then it was over so in the in the special he comes out he does that um, and then it cuts to the second bit and mm-hmm. I don't remember what the first bit was but I remember listening to his podcast and he was saying that he cut it because the next day he was he was uh, going up somewhere else in Austin where they weren't recording it and he didn't give a shit anymore about the hour because he was just going to have fun with it now and he yeah. did his opener and he started adding taglines to it and he was like oh fuck I made this so much better. Yeah, and I yeah, did, yeah. and I didn't record it, and so he was like, "Well, I'm not going to put that in the special because I'm going to put it in the next one." Nice. So, so like I, I definitely think editing is a big part of it, and that's one thing that you know Jay is always telling us is like you know editing is a big part of it. So 
Having an yeah. hour and putting out 30, I think that gives you a great opportunity. Not that neither of us are anywhere near there, but I definitely yeah, yeah, think yeah. <laughs> that that's, that would be a goal of mine, is to be able to say I can do an hour, like a legitimate hour that I love, and then put out a 30 minutes that'll like fucking knock your teeth in. I think that would be the goal. Yeah, that's cool, man. So what are your short-term goals for comedy when stuff starts getting back to normal? Do you have anything lined up? Are you a planner type of person? Um, kind of, but I'm also like so. I change my mind so much on stuff. Like I like I yeah. spent the last like three months trying to convince my wife to move to Dallas, and then like right when she was like, you know, maybe I was like, well, how about Atlanta? And she was like, no, <laughs> like no. I just started talking about Dallas being okay. Like I, Atlanta is like nowhere near in the picture, and yeah. um, I was like, well, fuck. So you know, I how'd like, you go from Dallas to Atlanta? Man, Atlanta is just a comedy scene that I want to be involved in, man. Like that's yeah, yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'd fucking kill to, to visit Atlanta all the time and just do stand up there. And nice. It's just one of those places where they're honest, man. Like the, that crowd is like dead ass serious. On if you're not a good comic, like they're gonna let you know while you're on stage. And yeah. like, like when you like, and I remember like hearing about some shit that happened in Atlanta with them like jingling their keys at someone, like telling them to get the fuck off stage. Like, the whole uh, crowd, like, jingling their keys at a comic, like, saying, like, fuck off. And then, like, I remember sitting at the elbow room and watching really bad comics and people just, like, sitting there and, like, putting up with it. And then you go to, like, the actual club's open mic and it's just like, well, nobody says anything. And it's like, it's not the, like, the club owner can't really do it because that's kind of fucked up, I guess. Yeah. But, but, like, if the crowd were to be like, hey, we're not going to put up with this. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to fuck off, dude. Like, you're you going to toughen up. You yeah. got to get better. That's great. I mean, that, that sucks. I would hate to invite that. But at the same time, it's going to fucking make you work. Yeah, exactly. And it, and that's how you, like, I guarantee you people that were in, La- in Atlanta and, like, fucking around and doing stupid shit, they ain't there no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're somewhere else. And, that, and the comedy scene is just thriving from that because people know that when they go somewhere... There's expectations, and if you don't meet those expectations, well, then you're getting your fucking you're getting keys jangled at you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is is moving still on the table? Are you still in talks about that? Uh, still considering that? Yeah, but it's more it's more realistically like Dallas is is probably the more realistic thing, and if. Uh, Austin wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily move to Austin just because, like, the pricing is so crazy with everything, but definitely yeah. moving to a city closer to Austin to where, like, okay, I got to drive 30 minutes to the mic is mm. not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was, that's a more realistic, op- like, position that, that I could see me and my wife being able to do. But, yeah, as of right now, I mean, the, the main thing would just be get back into it, take some chances. And uh, try and get in with the club here while I'm here. And, you know, if I move, cool. If not, whatever. And just continue to grow, man. I'm tired of talking about my dead dad all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So are you working on anything? Do you have anything uh, you're promoting and stuff? Like this whole pandemic, we were like, oh, we should work on some stuff. And we, like, I'm lazy. So (laughs) I need somebody else to, like, put the fire under my ass and stuff. But do you have any, uh, any ideas or anything that you're working on out of this? Or while this pandemic is is wrapping up, man, I want to I I wanted to do a cartoon and and you remember like the and this might be kind of hack at this point, but I don't even care. Um, like in the early two thousands, late nineties, like when they would take 
like Pablo Francisco bits and they would like mm-hmm. animate them. Yeah. So like I, I kinda wanna do shit like that, but just with like stories of like me talking on the on the task cam and telling a story like about some stupid shit and then getting someone to animate that and just putting that up on just like Facebook and YouTube and just kind of being like, hey, this is a quick little story and it's got like fun colors because you know. Yeah. So that's well, shorties watching shorties. I think yeah. That's what that was. Yeah, exactly. Shit like that. So yeah. I'd I'd love to do something like that. Just you know, Justin is the only person I know that does animations and and he self admittedly uh, sucks balls at it. So it's not. <laughs> it's, that's not the type. That's not the move that when I when I think of things, I always think of things in like the highest quality, and that's not realistic so it's it, yeah that's hard for me but but that's where i'm at in that situation uh well that's cool man uh this was fun i'm glad we got to do this uh social media again how, how can people get a hold of you where are you going to be at when uh you're at places instagram uh the joey smith 9000 um and you know as soon as the blind tiger comes back i'll be there with fucking bells and whistles and uh I think that we're working on doing like online off the cuff shows, so okay. that could possibly become a thing. And then, other than that, you can also follow me on Instagram under uh, One Bad Comic. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, this is fun. We'll see you soon. Uh, later, everybody. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> And then, 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 and